Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Threat Talk. I'm your host, Bob Hansman, and today we've invited Pallavi Singh, Product Marketing Manager for our Ecosystem and Cloud Service Integration Relationships here at uh, Infoblox, uh, to come and talk to us a little bit about how all of these things can work together to hopefully provide more value, uh, maybe even deliver on that promise of one plus one equals three that was all the marketing hype about a decade ago. Thank you for joining us today, Pallavi. Thank you for having me on the show, Bob. Hey, and um, so the first thing I want to do, though, is the word ecosystem, kind of like that whole one plus one equals three was so abused 10 years ago that it became meaningless. Ecosystem is also being bantered around a lot in, in marketing phrases. Everybody seems to be part of an ecosystem. Um, so I've seen it badly used and abused by various security vendors and even non-security vendors. It's not just a security term. So I'd like you to start by giving us kind of your perspective on what is a security ecosystem. Yeah, um, so the entry level of an ecosystem is all about the management automation of tools like SIMS or, or you know, your IT trouble ticketing systems. So think of your company's environment and now that it's so de decentralized, you know, you have your IT team, your network team and security team, and they all use multiple tools and solutions to implement controls, manage data or monitor. So how can you make your existing process more efficient? It's by automating and integrating your existing solutions. That's what the ecosystem is all about. And, but the analysts consider these table stakes today. So they hate when security vendors brag about supporting an ecosystem when all they really work with is these tools, right? So the next level of an ecosystem would be how are you sharing and utilizing your data and events with other security solutions? So think of an example of an endpoint event that how it could trigger a vulnerability scan to verify that recently deployed patches actually made it to the device. So this is where the rest of our tools would come in, like such as your network firewall or your on-premises solutions like vulnerability scanners, network access control, your endpoints. And now we have the cloud platforms, which is the Sentinel and the Azure Splunk Cloud or AWS. Yeah, I, I, I know you've been doing a lot of work, uh, uh, even with uh, AWS Route 53, um, which provides a DNS firewall, but you know, that's all it is. Those, you know, at that point, we're getting to the little tools that you could actually even go out and get open source, you know, DNS firewalls. But, um, you know, it doesn't have the the comprehensive reporting. It doesn't have, um, you know, on the back end, uh, you, you might want to use this kind of an integration to supplement reporting and alerting. But you might also want to supplement the front end, um, uh, you know, where you're feeding threat intel. So I'm I'm kind of excited to to see some of that because that's all stuff I know you've been working on for you know the last six to nine months on, um, and you know but there's also a, the higher level that you were talking to me about earlier. Um, I remember you know when I got into this, obviously I've been doing this for thirty plus years, and when I I first got into uh, a lot of the security management kind of tools. Um, the first thing that they really wanted to make sure you had was Active Directory because all of your events came as this IP address had this event. And here's some details about the event. Here's some details about the malware. And it's like, yeah, but I need to know some details about that IP address. Who yeah. is it? And it was always a who because back then we were really worried. I mean, endpoints were servers, 
and desktops. I mean, this was even like when the laptops were just coming out and most people didn't have the laptops, only your road warriors did. So, you know, Active Directory became a great thing to integrate with your solutions, your security tools, so that when you had an event, you could then look at it and say, ah, this happened at this IP address, which is a Windows system. It's for Tom and accounting and, and it could give you some more context. Um, but today, we're dealing with BYOD and IOT. And if you're in transportation, if you're in manufacturing, if you're in oil and gas or electrical distribution, water distribution, there's so many kinds of devices that we're dealing with today that it's not a user device. And the yeah. stuff in Active Directory is going to have minimal value. Um, what can we integrate? I mean, what kind of tools are there to, to make that better? Yeah. So, I mean, think of uh, we... As let's say a security team uses so many tools and and they think like okay a NAC would be for this or a, we have this sim solution or we have this with threat intelligence but we forget the fact that we keep getting uh tools new tools in our environment but how are you going to manage it or who's going to learn it learn that right so what an ecosystem can do to help you is like balance the risk depending on the integration option you have available for you so like you can start it by making all of your defenses more effective by sharing threat intelligence. So you can go with full-fledged threat intelligence platform or just use something that can collect or aggregate threat intelligence from a variety of sources and normalize it and then share it out this massive super fit feed, which you have customized it, right? So like you mentioned about different devices, how are we, how are we going to go about managing it Let's start with the existing tools you have and how can you make the most out of it, right? Like if any one threat intel source has the indicator of compromise for a threat, then all of your tools can be capable of detecting it. Yeah, so you get an IOC from one company uh, feed or open source feeds or third party feeds. A lot of companies, they'll, uh, they'll buy feeds that are just um, a feed about newly observed domains. So, that, you know, because those tend to be a little more suspicious than one that's been around for four or five years. Um, but you can take all those feeds and integrate them together. Uh, we had uh, Drews McFarlane on several months ago. Actually, it's probably time to have him come back and give us an update. And he was talking about how some studies that they'd done um, not, not they, Infoblocks, but they, like universities, had mm -hmm. shown that threat intel sources. Um, from multiple vendors were all tested and they found like maybe 10 or 11% overlap, which means about 90% of what was in each feed was kind of unique. Yep. So blending them together and you're saying that can all be automated, right? Yes, it can all be automated. And, you know, it's all about uh, customizing it, right? And um, as you learn that what's out there on your environment and you go like, okay, I want this vendor these, these specific vendors to be pushed to one of my SIM platform, right? So that helps you to go about like, oh my God, like, okay, I can, I can send, let's say XYZ vendor to my SIM solution. And then I can, that can improve my reporting and analytics. So you're going like, I have multiple threat feeds and it's, there's no overlap. And that helps me critic to, you know, uh, categorize the risk based on its severity. Well, and you mentioned the SIM. I'm thinking like Splunk, they also now have Phantom, you know, and, and a lot of the SIMs are kind of 
<laughs> and hopefully they don't call them next gen sims. I really don't like that next gen phrase, but they're starting to add additional functions to help them with threat hunting and threat investigation. And so they're taking, I know that uh, Splunk does take those threat intel feeds in addition to feeds from your, your network, like your IPAM solution, which your mm -hmm. IPAM would have all the details on like your BYOD devices. Um, and the other thing I like about IPAM is particularly when you're doing investigations, that historical context that it can provide to your other tools is that, well, yeah, you saw this IP address report this incident three months ago. Mm -hmm. And then today we've seen a different IP address report another incident, but it's a different kind of incident that could be connected. And, oh, guess what? Those IP addresses are actually to the exact same device. It's just that, you know, IP addresses get changed and renewed per periodically. But with an IPAM solution, they're able to connect all those dots. And then when that kind of intelligence is then fed into something like a SIM or, like I said, a phantom uh, threat hunting tool, threat investigation tool, DNS uh, investigation tool, it makes it a lot easier because it's all normalized. Um, you have every event is, just, is now linked to the device, not to an IP address. So there's there's some really cool stuff there. But... I'm thinking that, you know, this is going to reduce the impact of the personnel shortage um, by having everything in one place because having done threat, threat investigations, you know, I remember having to spend an hour or two just pulling all the logs that I need. Well, not just pulling, downloading. It took a while, but then I have to filter through them and dig through them. But if everything's automatically filtered and then sent over to the SIM, it's all in one place. And then this automation you're talking about, that means that I didn't even have to filter or anything it just automatically ended up in the place where i needed it so um i think this is a personnel shortage advantage it's an efficiency advantage um and then just the the fact that it can speed an investigation um i mean because a lot you know, i think there was a survey osterman did a survey about a year ago forrester did one not too long ago and they all basically say it takes anywhere from a half a day to six hours for uh for a, a real event to be fully investigated and either resolved or eliminated as no, that wasn't a real incident. And so time is, is just, uh, time is a, a big challenge right now. I think it's the enemy of security. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. So, but, now, oh, go ahead. This is where the better agility kicks in, right? Like how you have automated it. And then now you're able to manage so many tools on your environment. So this is like an extensive integrations that enable the broader cyber ecosystem to work in unison and you get to detect and remediate threats like effectively. Oh yeah. And, and again, uh, showing my age, when I got into cybersecurity, there were only two tools that you could buy from third party because when you bought the OS, your networking OS, it came with a password manager and that kind of thing. So the only thing you ever bought was endpoint antivirus and firewall. Those are the only two security tools. And today um, I've been in customer meetings where they've called us in and said, hey, um, you know what our biggest challenge is? We try to meet with every one of our security partners, one partner a week. There are 52 weeks in a year and we have mm -hmm. over 52 partners. They're, they're using dozens and dozens of tools. And so this efficiency of having everything integrated, automated, working together, um, just a lot of value there. Now, again, I've been talking about the time savings and how it speeds up certain things. 
Let's get into the cost. What's what is the pain point that somebody has to be willing to uh, to put up with to go through this? You know, it's not about the money here. It's actually about time. You know, you have this personal shortage, short, shortage, and and then you have somebody who needs to learn these tools. Like I know, I've learned from my peers that uh, you know they have these people who are learning the existing tools. And then, you know, with the on-prem and multi-cloud platforms and with the cloud deployments, they bring in more tools and they're like, oh my God, they haven't even gotten a chance to learn all the features they have with their existing tools. And then we have brought in new tools. So again, it's about time, putting in time to understand that what tools can be integrated, you know, the, their APIs and what test scripts can be written or how can you actually push your data from one tool to the other? So again, sure, the cost is involved, but it's also about time to actually learn about that. Think of the ways you can utilize your existing data instead of getting and bringing in more tools. So it's more about maintenance, right? While less than the initial investment, every time a vendor updates their tool, you may need to test scripts to ensure that they still work. But the good news is that it gets easier over time as resources get to know the tools. Yeah, I know that's one of the things that uh, we struggle because we have a, a lot of out-of-the-box integrations that we talk about. Um, and uh, even with teams trying to maintain those things, quite often uh, we'll find that um, in the time that, you know, because a lot of our products, somebody will place an order and then they get it. And then a month or two later, they actually start doing these integration pieces because they do the initial rollout. By the time that they get an integration, either we've come out with an update or one or two of those integration partners have come out with an update. But the script that they received three months ago, one of the APIs has been broken, yeah. you know, and because uh, there's now an extra field and they just had to put an extra comma. They had to add one comma and it worked. I'm thinking of a very specific use case, yeah. but it's because... You know, we're not just uh, not only do we have dozens and dozens of security tools we mentioned ago, but these tools, they are evolving so quickly. Um, only about 15 years ago, your antivirus products, um, they tried to come out with an update maybe once a month. Then it turned to once a week. Yep. And now you can get three or four in a week. Um, even Microsoft uh, Patch Tuesday used to be called, and they still have Patch Tuesday. But then all of a sudden you get a patch on Friday <laughs> because the patch on Tuesday actually broke something that they didn't get in the testing. And so that's the kind of burden that it sounds like, you know, when somebody gets into an ecosystem, you've got, you know, like Python scripts. You know, that's mm -hmm. what a lot of these tools use. Um, again, it's uh, just for our listeners, make sure it's not like totally standardized, but Python tends to be one of the more common ways that people can integrate uh, and the way they'll do it. And in a lot of cases, the the APIs are so open, you could use anything. But um, if you want samples, if you want examples from the vendors of how they've done it, and most vendors have it, or they'll have a community where com you know community members will share if you just go out to the community and ask, hey, has any of you integrated this with that? Um, you can get a lot of that help. But despite all the help, you still have to write a script, test a script, roll it out, and then monitor it for if it ever gets broken. Um, so if that's the, I mean, that that's a lot of work. And I do know um, we've got some SEs that they, they'll have a customer and they'll talk to the customer and, and they'll whip something out in a half hour because yep. they do it so often, they, they know exactly what they're doing 
and they can do it very quickly. But even if you have people that are that skilled, this isn't their only job. Every time they come back to it, they got to check their notes. Now, how did this work? And if hopefully they, they documented their code. Yeah. Uh, and all of those kinds of things. Um, but it is a, a big long-term investment. But some tools, I mean, we were talking at the very beginning, you said analysts say that everybody claims an ecosystem when all they do is send data to a SIM mm -hmm. and they might send it to a ticket system. I had one of them when we were, I remember briefing them on ecosystem uh, about two years ago. I mentioned the word ecosystem. He interrupted me. He says, are you talking about more than a ticketing system? And I'd say, yeah. He says, okay, you go on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you said, they, they hate everybody bragging about an ecosystem when that's all it's done. But so there's some low hanging fruit there, but there are other tools that I've seen people ask for integration on. And it was simply because they'd integrated everything else. They thought, well, I'll just integrate this too. But they hadn't thought through the value, the, the ROI of it. Um, is there, I mean, how, how should somebody start on this? You know, it's about, yeah, it's about baby steps, right? Like think of uh, how the integration works or call the vendor, right? It's important that you understand how things work or how the vendor can help you. Uh, because instead of you going out on open sources and finding stick shifters to see how things work, you never know, maybe that integration has already been done for other clients or other customers. And another important detail would be the official partnerships. Think of all the marketplaces out there, right? Um, AWS Marketplace or Azure or, you know, now Red Hat, market, Red Hat has Marketplace as well. So you'll see that a lot of integrations are already out there. You just have to go to the marketplace, pick the one you want and, and just buy it. And then you'll see that if you, that, let's say your curator already has integration with Splunk or, or with other vendors out there, like even IBM's um, marketplace, there are so many tools out there that how you can enhance your threat feed. So in terms of ROI, sure, there are like those small wins where you can take your, your small solutions and customize them, but there are also these big ones, official partnerships, which is, uh, they may not be out of the box integrations, but an official partnership means that the engineering teams on both sides have looked at it and did not see any obstacles. So a lot of work is already done. So when you go pitch to stakeholders about saying, hey, you know, we need to work on ecosystem and enhancing our existing tools, you can always say that, what's the return of investment like? What, um, how are you saving time in investigation, right? These are the things that you should actually mention to the stakeholders so that they go like, oh my God, it's about time instead of more money. So, you know, and then they're going to go like, we have analysts, they don't have to learn a new tool. They can use their existing tools to enhance what they're doing. So it's about more visibility, more control, and then security. Um, yeah, the, uh, the integration, um, one of the things that I remember a company doing is going through and just quickly identifying this product and that product, I don't see any value. And they would just, they just, first they went through and shortened the list of all the possible integrations and, and eliminated things that they just didn't see any ROI on those. And then they went through, like you said, they went through, um, you know, the, the, I think it was a ticketing system in the SIM. Those two are, are typically, you know, easy. So they started with that, 
But after that, they went through the, the partnerships. And that's where I'd learned about the community site. So you mentioned um, if you're looking at integrating with something like uh, Azure Sentinel, their their new SIM tool and stuff like that, definitely if one of the vendors has a marketplace, go to the marketplace. Um, but you can also go to any vendor's website and they have their technology alliance, their technology consortium, you know, pick your buzzword. But it's a it's not a channel partner like reseller in a uh, uh, group, it's other vendors in some sort of a technology agreement um, that worked it out. So um, it, since we've kind of covered some of the basics here, I did want to go into something else and talk about a couple of use cases. You mentioned the, the, the example of where a security event happens and then it would trigger a vulnerability scan. Um, then I'm assuming that also would trigger the ticketing system and SIM. It would just do them all at once, right? Yep. So uh, that's a great use case. So let's think of, um, you know, you have your SIM solution and you have your tenable Qualys vulnerability scanners in your environment. And let's say you have ServiceNow. Everybody has service. Most of them have ServiceNow. So <laughs> um, you have your you have your SIM and, and you know, our analysts are getting thousands of alerts every day. Now, depending on what kind of custom rule you have applied on your on your network data that's coming in, your security data events that are coming in, um, you have uh, a trigger, an alert on your SIM, and then it's a, let's say, high severity, right? And that will automatically go and open a ticket on your on your service now for everybody to see, for your ID teams to see, for your network teams and security teams to see like, oh my God, this is a this is a high severity alert. Um, what application was it? Where was it? What asset was involved? All of those data, details are already in that ticketing system because you have your SIM solutions or you have your IPAM tool, which is already integrated to your SIM solution, right? So you see how these, um, these solutions are integrated and you get your IPAM, the asset detail, your network detail, and that goes to a centralized place that is your service now. And then also at the same time, it, this is pushing this alert to a vulnerability scanner to check that, you know, what exactly was happening, you know, to get the details around, um, was it that we did not patch something, right? Was it some application wasn't updated or what, what, um, what was the source of it? So thinking of the kind of visibility you're getting in this use case, I think, uh, you know, the teams and companies have to understand that you don't have to go out of the box and get more solutions. It's, it's so much, so much can happen with your existing tools and, and, you know, you can make the most out of that. Well, I've seen, uh, you mentioned, uh, and, and we talked about integrating threat intelligence. I've seen people that, oh, they were looking at a different secure web gateway. Uh, or a different next-gen firewall because it wasn't as effective as it was in the past. And um, I had that discussion when they said, you know, particularly like a next-gen firewall and, and a lot of these tools, a lot of your security tools, there are open source versions of them. The only reason a lot of people don't use the open source version is because you've got to have the threat intelligence behind it. No tool can block something if the threat intel isn't there. Yep. doesn't matter how good the tool is. Oh, it's got really cool reporting. It's got role-based administration. It's got all that. But it doesn't defend against anything. Now, again, we're just talking about defense tools right now. 
Um, so I've seen them integrate the threat intel. And all of a sudden, with that super feed you were talking about using like a threat intelligence platform or something like that, it uplifts even those tools that they were thinking of getting rid of. Now, all of a sudden, it's more effective and it works. But on your uh, example where um, an event goes into the SIM, it triggers a ticket, you know, it's not like operators are standing by. Uh, you don't have a bunch of analysts and they're just sitting there waiting for a new event. Uh, they're busy. So yeah. in in the event that they do get a ticket, and that's the other nice thing is the ticketing systems route it to the right people so that you're really good people. They only get those high severe alerts. They don't get bothered with the others. You have your, you know, your, your entry level people dealing with those. But by the time they pull it up, even if it's only 10 minutes later, that vulnerability scan that got triggered as well. I've had a lot of people ask me about that kind of an example. Why would you do that? It's like by the time they pull it up, the, the vulnerability results are there. And I can now see that a patch we tried to roll out Tuesday on all of our Microsoft systems, this particular system, for some reason, it didn't take because that's the other uh, I mean, that's the other reality we have to deal with. Um, A lot of these automated processes, um, you can't depend on them 100 percent. You roll out a patch using an automated tool, 1000 endpoints. um, You'll find that, you know, five, 10 of them. Never got it. It, And and trying to troubleshoot that, good luck. Um, Because all the reports will say it did, or they'll say they were offline. Sometimes, you know, people were offline. But there's a lot of reasons that things can get missed. And so having an event trigger other kinds of proactive scans can provide an analyst with more information. So we've talked a little bit about the detection, and we've talked a little bit about the, the investigation response side of things. Yep. The ecosystem also has a very proactive kind of capability. Now, um, one of the things I'm thinking of is that there are tools out there that would do like network discovery, kind of like that vulnerability scanner that will go out and get the latest status and make sure that information is available when an analyst wants it. Um, I've been working with people in oil and gas uh, because of some recent mandates in the United States on that um, working. And, uh, and there's been other energy sector kind of regulations going out in other countries, particularly with uh, the, the crisis going on in Ukraine. Infrastructure and, and energy is, is a prime target of disruption. So they're they're really looking at what they can do and proactively kind of like our vulnerability scanner. They're doing discovery They're there and they're finding that hey, we, uh, you know, like, uh, let's just use the oil and gas pipeline situation. We have miles and miles uh, or kilometers and kilometers, depending on what country you're in when you're listening to this, <laughs> of, of pipeline. And there's sensors every so often. And when those go out, they have somebody go out and, and instead of fixing it, I mean, it's just a small little thing attached to a pipe. It's the computer component and it connects to a sensor that's actually in the pipe watching flow and pressure and all that. They'll take off the computer part and just plug a new one in. It's it's yeah. just plug and replace. They don't don't fix it. But now you have a remote device that even if it's on a proprietary SCADA, it's sending, it's calling home over the internet, maybe using Wi-Fi to connect to a local hub or something like that. But all of these devices are communicating back to the home office. But when they try to to do a discovery, they're discovering that, hold it, we have 52 devices that are different than the ones our system thought was there. Um, And it was replaced with a new module that didn't have the latest 
updates. Yep. You know, there, there's so many ways things like that get out of place. So one of the proactive moves we're hearing is automating discovery information, getting that automatically fed into IPAM systems. Um, and again, early on, I, I, I apologize. I'm kind of going on a bit here, but I want to make sure I get to this because we've talked about security, 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 but we did mention that ecosystems are also on the networking side. And that scenario I just described is all networking equipment, IPAM systems, network discovery, um, integrating your DHCP. It's all networking stuff, but security people need that information. Absolutely. You know, the, the NOC and SOC teams, they go hand in hand. They got to be intertwined. You know, the processes have to be intertwined for them to have that network insight discovery and control with, you know, What's happening there? Like it was a great example of what you uh, what you gave about the OT environment, right? People keep changing in in different locations wherever they are, and it's important to know because if you you don't have the visibility of the device or any whatever server it is, uh, if you don't patch it, that's there. there. There's one of your risk there. Anybody can compromise and get control of your environment, and we've already seen so many attacks that have happened in the past. Due to the OT environment, how how the network team did not have visibility to that. So yeah, that's that's where the ecosystem is all about, right? It's it's for your IT team, it's for your network team, and it's for your security team. Use your existing tools, you know, all the network access controls or the firewalls that you have out there. Get them integrated to your SIMs and your SORs and and see how it will benefit you instead of getting a new tool. Which, which you already have a shortage of people in your team and are struggling to learn, right? And another example that you gave about was getting the event to the right people. Like when, a, when an event occurs, let the analysts do the understanding of it's a false positive, true positive, right? Instead of, of that event going to, I don't know, a CISO or, or a manager of a team going like, why am I involved? That was a false positive, right? So if you have your tools integrated, that helps you to categorize and, and understand where is it coming from. And for somebody to have that centralized platform to have an understanding of what exactly is happening and, and learn from it. Yeah, I had forgotten about the the CISO example because I know that a lot of CISOs now, because of reporting mechanisms, they'll have all of the events of a certain type sent to them, like at the end of every day, you know, so that they're aware of what's happening in the team during the day. So, unfortunately, and this is the way I tend to end almost every podcast because we we have a lot more to talk about, but we've covered a great deal of information, um, but we are out of time. But I want to thank you for being with us today, Fali. Thank you, Bob. And I want to thank all of our viewers and listeners for your time. And please join us next time as we continue our efforts to help you stay on top of cybersecurity and ahead of cyber risks on Threat Talk.